we're in. Okay, boss. How do you juggle your time? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a great question. No. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a learning experience currently. Yeah. Uh, in my car, my new current situation. I used to have it down to a T, and now it's like a whole new learning experience all over again. Um, we have two newborns, right? Hmm. So I used to be a very, uh, I used to like to plan my days and my time really honestly, quite down to the minute. That is not a possibility when you have two newborns hanging out with you, Hmm. you know, just hanging out. uh, It's a learning. It's a, just hanging out. It's a currently (laughs) a learning experience (laughs) that I don't quite have an answer to yet. But it changes every day. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I'm pretty sure they dictate when you do things, you know? It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you're not doing that right now. Like, I need your attention. Exactly. Currently, it's a lot of flexibility. Being flexible and maybe having your list of things that you would, keyword is like to get done within yeah. the 24-hour period, right? Yeah. And then fitting them in with where they will fit, which is not how I'm used to operating. Yeah. Uh but, you know, as time goes on, it's definitely in the, in the three short months that the girls have been alive has taught me a lot, <laughs> uh, you know, in many ways, but obviously one of them is definitely priorities and figuring out how to be more flexible mm. uh, as someone that isn't typically that I wouldn't say that was one of my strongest suits <laughs> well, in my past so i mean it's hard to be flexible when you're spinning so many plates right it's like nah i can't you know give five ten minutes here there and everywhere because i'm needed somewhere else and now obviously you've got two two little ladies have joined you on your on your journey like what's that like being someone who's like minute by minute to then oh crap like okay i mean i guess i'm gonna get one out of 50 things done yeah uh, I try to get two out of 50, you know, oh, it's a okay. success, two out of 50, but, um, you know, in a lot of ways the you could say this about 2020 slowing you down, right. With COVID maybe, I know not in New Zealand as much, but definitely over here, things shutting down, things reopening definitely in terms of, um, jobs, very different for a lot of people, but um, I, where I'm at, um, before I got pregnant and had twins, I was working inside of a gym physically, um, running a, a team of personal trainers and then also doing online training for power lifters. Um, so kind of two different things. And obviously COVID happens, shuts gyms down, really makes you take a step back and kind of like reevaluate things, right. Slow down a little bit, which again, something I'm not used to doing is slowing down. So then fast forward and having twins at the end of last year, just another giant thing that has completely <laughs> right blown my mind, made me take a step back, reevaluate different things and see what I want to do and what can get cut and what's the most important to me right now. And it's crazy, you know, like <laughs> it's really cool to be forced to live in the moment. Yeah. You have no other option. And that's all they're doing, right? They're what three months old. Like they're just living in every moment. Like you laughing at them is the coolest thing they've ever seen. You know, like it's things like that you just obviously you you grow up, you start moving fast, you're working, you're in the grind, you forget about like the living in the moment as much. And so that's been very cool. That's the favorite thing I've learned so far. I don't even um, remember what the question was. Neither do I, but that's taking me on a journey. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Like literally, Uh, yeah, you've been forced to slow down and and take things, you know, minute by minute, day by day. Yeah. And as you can tell, that like my brain is on sleep deprivation. So like, I don't remember what the question was going on a tangent. And then I just start thinking about other things. This is me every day. Lesson number two is you need to write everything down. (laughs) So I'm going to be over here taking notes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I should uh, on what you're actually asking me so I don't go too far (laughs) off topic. Well, if you could see my desk right now, you would, 
that's that's me every day i've got the worst yeah. memory on the history of the planet both sides of my family both sides of both sides so paternal maternal side um all got history of like dementia or alzheimer's one of the two and then i've had mm-hmm. like I don't know, over 10 concussions. Same, but I'm hoping that like at this age, we're not worried about that yet. Who knows? Now you're going to make me nervous that this isn't a sleep <laughs> deprivation thing. I'm actually just cracking out with Alzheimer's at the age of 32, you know? Uh. Oh, you know, sticky notes are a beautiful thing. Look, I've got, got my little pad here, my little pink pad. It's a luminous mm-hmm. pink. So, I mean, I can't exactly miss it, right? They're a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. You know, you don't forget things. They are. I agree. I agree. I'm a big, big pen and paper person. I know that, you know, with phones and technology, you can schedule everything in your phone and that's great. I do that too in my calendar, but in terms of like the things day to day, like you're saying, post-its, pen and paper, it's the way to go. You can't beat it. There's something about writing it down physically that like just makes it stick a little better. 100%. Like you, you know, I'm a little bit spiritual. So you end up like, you know, putting it into the old physical realm or whatever you want to fucking call it it doesn't really matter you're going through the energy and the process of like writing it down gets it out of your head you know you can you can jot it in mm-hmm. your phone man the amount of like threads of notes i have in my phone right like, i can never find what i want want to find no and especially like they, they transfer don't they you get a new phone and it's the same notes yes. <laughs> oh my god and i'm like look i'm scrolling sure through like do. 10 years of notes here you know what i mean I do. They're in the cloud, so you can never get away from them. But funny enough, and I know obviously, you know, technology is a great thing and I do embrace technology, but when I was uh, in my last job and I was learning, right. So, you know, going through training and whatnot is just, uh, again, random story, but I was writing literal notes. I had a notebook with how to do everything in terms of the processes with the software and the technology we're using and whatnot. And my boss at the time is very tech savvy, loves like filing everything in Excel and Google Docs and all of those things in terms of like those types of things. And so we're like, we are, we're so different and, sh- and we became very good friends, but I, for the first, whatever month was writing down, like, okay, this is where I need to go to do this. And this is where I need to go to do this in a note. And she was looking at me like, this girl is never going to be able to find any of those things when she needs them. And I'm looking at her, like, I'm not putting that on my computer. I will never be able to find that when I need them. And then flash forward, you know, say four months later, and I need to go do something I've never done before. And I'm like, oh, I got that in my notebook. Let me just flip to, let me see what day did I learn that? Okay. So it should be about here. I'd whip out the page and she'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> Uh, so it was like a running joke the whole time we worked together because she was like I have no idea how your brain works like (laughs) it does not look like mine and I was like that's cool because I got no idea how your brain works (laughs) oh people that are tech savvy mate they slightly speak a different language yeah Yeah. I'm like how are you getting information from a screen which is ones and Mm -hmm. zeros it doesn't make any sense no I know it's amazing I I mean amazing I don't have that part no, in my brain. I, I think I'm stuck in like the uh, the Bronze Age or something. Yeah, legitimately. Someone's gotta do it, right? I mean, hey, you're always gonna need someone. Someone needs to buy the paper. Keep the paper business. <laughs> <laughs> the the paper mills in business. Who who else better to do it than uh, people that work in fitness? Right, we're very hands on. Exactly. Type of people like, hey, just give us some notes. Whiteboards. I like whiteboards. I've got whiteboards everywhere. I've got like. Mm-hmm. three or four whiteboards just like stashed around i've scribbled down notes on it like although you know what the most annoying thing in the world is when your whiteboard pen is like running out and it's not clean yes oh uh, yes. Uh, yes the world's ending. or if someone it does or if you spray it down with like a cleaner that then you can't erase after you know what i mean yeah with just an eraser yeah like takes out the finish or something yeah or someone uses a uh, permanent marker on it. That's the most unfortunate. It's always funny though <laughs> when you uh, you know you just draw a little penis in the in the bottom left hand corner, and it's on permanent Watch marker. Watch people yeah. stand there and try. <laughs> You're like, hey, that wasn't How me. How long will they try? 
I don't know who did that. I don't know how to remove it, but good luck. Yeah. You have to put like uh, a little sticker over it. You get like SpongeBob from someone's backpack and you stick it on. And you're like, mm-hmm. look, now we have SpongeBob on our board. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, right. Weightlifting and powerlifting. What made you want to do be a, a weightlifter that bench presses? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I powerlifted first and someone was like, you should try weightlifting. And I was like, novel idea. Sure. I'll give it a go. Ends up liking it. So I was like, yeah, let's just keep this train rolling and do both. Cause why not? Um, but in reality, I mean, I found success powerlifting. So that was fun and weightlifting. I was new at and got to learn a ton of, of different things and that was fun in two very different ways. So I feel like they kind of give me two very different things, even though they're essentially the, they're both strength sports, you know, but they're doing two completely different things for me. What was, uh, mentally, mentally. Yeah. Because like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. I understand that. We'll go down that road. Cause I understand. I've met a lot of people that <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's like my, I think my mind works the same as yours, but obviously I, I've not given birth to two twins. So I've got no excuse. Mm-hmm um so hey ho um but i've met a lot of people that um come into weightlifting and they like it because they've got to eat humble pie it's like oh mm-hmm. i can't just mm-hmm. like grip and rip mm-hmm. you know what i mean and just like right. be pretty good at this already i'm like no like a snatch no. will sit you down yes so right so going in that direction when i first started i could squat I'm trying to think, what could I squat when I started weightlifting? Probably it was, I could squat 400 pounds, right? When I started weightlifting and I learned how to, oh, right. Like 182 ish kilos. I think that's 400 works out to 400. Um, so ironically, that's when I started weightlifting and learning how to snatch and clean. I was falling on my butt with 45 kilos on the bar, which isn't a strength thing obviously but it is like oh wow you know it does make you eat humble pie real fast and learn that yeah you might be strong but that's not all that matters in this strength sport Mm. I don't know why it is a strength sport but you know what I mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean it's still a skill right but there's there's also a massive amount of skill element in in powerlifting like people I, I think all right, I'm going to throw them under the bus. I think CrossFitters look at powerlifters and they're just like, ah, just brute strength. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. there's so much skill that goes involved with that. There is. I, yes, I agree. And like, come on, CrossFitters, really? You know, some of you don't have much skill going on here. I'm just like, not skill, technique. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to use their brute strength to clean and jerk. And I'm like, that doesn't look good. <laughs> that ain't gonna end well not all of them i'm just kidding but since they since they shit on cross so it's just powerlifting i might as well you know give it back um no i think crossfit's great i wish i did crossfit but it never happened now i'm just over that hurdle we got two twins so um <laughs> one set of twin two babies um but powerlifting i do think that Yes, there is a huge amount of technique involved, but I also think a lot of times people go down that rabbit hole a little bit too hard. You know, there is everyone. It's like an easy entry strength sport. Like everyone can learn how to powerlift. I truly believe that. And everyone's lifts will look a little bit different. There's certain principles behind every single lift, but sometimes I think people get too caught up on the nuances and not progressing um, as they should, like thinking that something that is so minuscule is holding them back more than it is. Does that make sense? Hmm. Rather than getting a solid foundation, building your strength. And then yes, you're going to start to hit your limit. And that's when those little tiny technical things become so much more important. And that's when you really want to drill home, like each little nuanced thing, rather than focusing that on that at the beginning, which is, I feel like happens a lot. And I'm not sure why, I think it's probably the social media phenomenon of like everyone, you know, has to be perfect in what they're doing technique wise. And there's a lot of variances between how everyone's going to squat and how everyone's going to bench. And until you really build some strength and until you really have some experience, you're not going to be able to drill, drill in your own technique because it might change over time. 
Yeah, and it's people just look for excuses, you know what I mean, and they look for a quick fix pill, and you know it's the whole thing with a fish diagram. Like as your uh, as your fitness or your performance goes up, then uh, or gets close right. to you know this whole genetic potential, like you just get fucking fitter and stronger. Like the yeah. the need for complexity will end up going up, you know, periodization and all that shit. But it's 100%. like, hey, like what you've never lifted before or kind of done anything before, wicked. Do anything and you'll get better. Like what do you mean? I was yep. like, do anything. It doesn't matter literally 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 right <laughs> so like at first but like you're saying technique wise or even programming wise like at first like oh i've never powerlifted before what program should i do honestly doesn't really matter mm. yeah, there's going to be some that are better than others of course there's going to be some that work better for you than others of course but like you're saying any one of them is going to make you stronger mm. usually so pick the one that's just- free getting started exactly is the key part and that's easy to do now google yeah um what was his name <laughs> was it candito candito came up with yeah. like um was it a free deadlift cycle and every time this was fucking years so, yeah. ago just came up yeah, yeah, people yeah. Were like, oh what should yeah. i do like look if it's the first time you're ever doing this like this fella has right. produced a top class right bloody uh program and it's free go download right. it right. go do it yeah come back Right. I agree. And listen, I coach people for a living, which means people pay me to write their programs and to give them feedback and to coach them. But if someone's coming to me and they're not, they're kind of like on that fence, right? Maybe they've never even lifted before and, but they're comfortable with the lift. So like, they don't need someone to help them that way, but they're not sure they want to compete yet. Like go try a program, you know, like, test it out you may love it and be all in then like let's go but if you may also hate it <laughs> then hey you're gonna know real fast and you can just switch gears and you don't need to waste you know your money i think uh you know everyone's just doing a bit of gpp do everything just try everything yeah. like maybe strength sports right. ain't for you maybe crossfit isn't for you maybe you just right. want to play uh do zumba or go play beach volleyball or some shit right. like just go play sport yeah have fun. Yeah. yeah. Do everything. And then that's the key. Like, oh, have fun. Yeah. Have fun. That have fun part is the key because then you're going to keep doing it hmm. and doing, like you said before, doing anything. If you're doing nothing, doing anything will make you more fit, make you stronger, make you healthier. Hmm. The key is doing anything. And that's sometimes a huge hurdle. So finding out what you like to do and what is fun for you to do that's sounds fun. simple but it's not for most people. Yeah. Especially the barbell. Like if you don't love it, you're not going to do it. No. Like most There's days. There's plenty of terrible days under the barbell. <laughs> most days suck shit. You know what I mean? You're like, nah, I do not want to be here, do this, or I want to go home hmm. and eat a packet of Oreos and just cry into, I don't know, love actually on the telly or something. And it's like, nah, you know. You've got to dial it back, do this, especially weightlifting. My God. Yeah. 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 Any emotional days with the snatch. Yeah. I, for me, it's the jerk. We're not mm. friends. Um, don't, not sure why, because you would think I have tremendously short arms. That would be wonderful uh, for jerking, but it just doesn't work out that way. Uh, but Yeah. I think that sometimes I definitely can say I get caught in the bottle of like the lifting bubble, if you will, because the lifting community as a community is huge. And you think about it that way, but if you're thinking about it in terms of fitness, it's small Mm. (laughs) or the world, it's tiny. Right. So I think most people would think us people in strength sports are wacky for liking it. Well, like the, <laughs> and that like, is easy to forget <laughs> we are the weird cousin that sits at the back of the room that like kind of throws a barbell around sits down and eats a jaffa cake you don't see a move for like the next 10 minutes and then like screams and picks up some ungodly weight you're just like what the fuck are you doing mate why like why don't you right. go do some incline walking on a treadmill you're like uh please right sounds horrible yeah. right yeah, so that's that's easy to forget, uh, especially. I mean, for for me personally, in the U.S. and Massachusetts, I haven't necessarily been out around like 
a lot of my friends are not lifters, right? Like outside of removing myself from the lifting community in my regular life. Uh, most of my friends aren't lifters or into lifting. So they all think I'm a whack job, but I'm used to that. I've embraced that. Like that's my different, you know? <laughs> um, but I forget about it because I haven't been out in public in so long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because of COVID, not because I'm trying to avoid people. But because of that, you forget how different um, or how unusual most people would think lifters are for loving, loving the barbell because many times the barbell is not nice to you. And many times training sessions are hard. And what are you necessarily gaining from it? That's what I think most people don't understand unless you love lifting. Because mm. it's, it's a, an intangible thing. It's the mental side. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly. The Bible is the best teacher like you'll ever have in your life. Like if someone came up to me and was like, what's the, what's the one life lesson you would give someone? I'd give them a Bible. Master mm-hmm. this because you never will. Mm-hmm. It's true, it's true, right? Like what's, true. Um, yes. one of the first things I was ever told when I kind of like, so I got into weightlifting through CrossFit and I got into CrossFit through S&C for sport. So I played rugby mm-hmm. and then swimming through that. So like always training yeah. for something, you know what I mean? You kind of go through those waves, mm-hmm. pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, but I, the, one of the first things I was ever told when I got into weightlifting was they told, oh, um, rule number one of weightlifting. I was like, yeah, like you'll always be shit at weightlifting. So, oh, thanks. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. now let's uh, let's go to work. Right. And uh, I think, I think, oh, cool. no, I was just gonna say, I think like weightlifting is one of those things where you get so much better at, but you always feel like you don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About weightlifting. Yeah. Like, you know, so much more, but at the same time, you kind of feel like you don't know anything. Yeah. And it's also like how it feels is never how it looks. No. <laughs> so I missed, um, I missed uh, two snatches yesterday. I was in a CrossFit class, so I wasn't really paying attention while I was slapping on the bar. I was just going up in like 10 kilo jumps in a, on a snatch, which yeah. is just a daft it's idea. It's ridiculous. But, but whatever. I was just sna- slapping plates on because <laughs> they were like, all right, do, give me three reps within two minutes. I was like, within two minutes? You want three reps? Jesus. Like, I'm going to need to sit down, mate. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, so I get to my final lift and I was pissed because I missed it twice. I was like, fuck, I've missed my snatch twice. Like, I was absolutely mm-hmm. fuming. I get home like last night and I was like, I kind of like replayed what I had in the bar. I was like, I missed like 97, 98% twice. Oh, right, right. In a bloody EMOM. And I was like, well, yeah, of course I did. That makes sense. Yeah, makes right. a lot of sense. Um, yeah. and yeah, like that, <laughs> that humbleness you get from the bar. Oh, mate, it pumps me up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just want to go. Well, train. it makes you want to come back. It makes you want to get better. Oh yeah. And that's the biggest lesson you can learn in life, right? Like just get better at just, whatever it is. Don't be just shit. Get better. No, but like, I mean, you're going to be shit at a lot of things, but if you get better, yeah, I think that you've won. Yeah. Yeah, but right? how many times have you heard it? But it's like, oh, coach, like, how was that? Uh, do better. What do you mean? Just, <laughs> just do better. Oh, right. Thanks. Like you <laughs> thought it was phenomenal. It's like, eh, not so much. Marginal gains, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, that goes back to how it looks, how it feels. A lot of times they don't match up. And in a good way or a bad way. Sometimes it goes the other way too. It feels yeah. terrible and it looks great. And you're like, mm, that's weird. But not as all, it's not a, not as it appears always, right? Or not as it seems, um, which is interesting. Mm. Very interesting. But yeah, I agree. I think that the barbell in general, any strength sport, whether it's CrossFit or weightlifting or powerlifting or throw like strongman in there, right? is going to teach you so many different lessons that carry over to life. And that's been my favorite part about strength sports in general. Yeah. Um, and for sure why I stuck with two. I mean, let's be honest. I stuck with powerlifting because it's cool to lift heavy, to lift heavy shit. And yeah. to be honest, it's cool to be able to do it well and to be competitive in it. And weightlifting, well, weightlifting is just cool. Mm. There's something about it because you shouldn't be able to throw weight over your head like that. Like you just shouldn't. Uh, 
but it can. And <laughs> the learning curve is very steep to do so. But there is something about almost like the cadence of weightlifting and the, and the technical aspect of weightlifting that is really cool. I think everyone is, is uh, pursuing this like perfect sort of heavenly sort of way of moving, right? Which no one will ever reach. No. But I think that whole pursuit of something that we can't quite touch is really addictive. Plus like the feeling and also how it looks of a, like the mm-hmm. most beautiful executed snatch or even clean and jerk is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. can't just, you can't say anything about it. Just like, well, that was, that was beautiful. Right. But you know, what's interesting if you went and asked that person, cause like we all can all probably like visualize if you're into weightlifting, right? Like seeing a snatch or a clean and jerk, they're like, wow, that was beautiful. That was perfect. If you went and asked that person, I bet you'd be like, nah, I should have done this, this, and this, Yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh okay well like what do you mean that's the best part they're trying to get better yeah even at that level everyone's just trying to get better so no matter how how good you are where you are on that scale everyone's goal is just to get better yeah oh they turned around and was like oh i felt like shit you're like what do you mean I'll take that any day <laughs> yeah. like nah uh like yeah it was a bit slow whatever else like i blinked and i missed it mm-hmm. yeah fuck I, I love it though it's it, it is it's eating humble pie every day and just kind of having a pursuit of excellence right and always trying to chip away and be one percent better each day whatever metaphor you want to use it's the same deal but we just use something tangible to put in our hand like a barbell and just to beat the living crap out of ourselves each day and and um I think there's a there's a lot of benefit to that whether you walk whether whatever we use the the tool we'll we'll call it of strength spots but there's many tools to do it right and it's just all that mm-hmm. that mental progression and keeps people's head above water. Yeah. And again like I think it's so transferable to anything else you do in life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as like I feel like you you grow up and you're learning all the time and you're trying different things and you get involved in different things. And then you become older and (laughs) you start working. Right. And maybe you're, you're, you like your job. Okay. That's cool. Maybe you're not necessarily learning anything new. It's like, how do we keep that process going? Like, I think that is what kind of what keeps you on your toes, keeps you young, so to speak. Right. Um, and for me, like that's definitely something lifting does. Like, I think that there's always more to learn. Like that's where my interests lie. So both like as an athlete and then on the other side, like as a coach and someone that likes science, like, I think that's super cool. Like that's a way that I can keep learning both about myself, about the sports in general, about, you know, more scientific principles of strength. Like that's super cool to me. And I think that's something that doesn't always happen once you reach like adulthood. Mm. Yeah, if you look at yeah. it from a you know the scientific coach's perspective, like we've still not created the perfect program, which doesn't fucking exist no. because everything's gonna no. change for everyone. Yet if you ask mm-hmm. any coach, they're always like, Oh, I'm always still searching for that one thing. And it's like mm-hmm. they know they're never gonna find it, but that constant mm-hmm. pursuit and constant learning, yeah, it's like something you you know, you do get in school as an aspect. Um, but it, it's addictive, like learning is addictive. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's something that you love, right? Like, yeah, learning about anything is going to be cool, but it's when, when it's something that you're truly, truly interested in, that's awesome. Mm. You know, I mean, you, and you even s- if there was a perfect program, it's pr- going to be a perfect program for one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part. Like, that's what's so cool about it, you know? There's a million ways to get strong. 100%. Work is work, right? Mm -hmm. Like I say to people every time when they, you know, if they come into a CrossFit scene or a CrossFit gym, like, oh, why is there no barbell? I'm like, because work is work. Like Mm -hmm. a kettlebell will get you strong. A sandbag will get you strong. Fucking rowing will get you strong. Like all these different tools. It's just tools, right? Work is work. Do do work. Oh, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. Just fucking do work and go hard. You'll get Mm -hmm. fitter. You'll get stronger. Mm-hmm. do whatever you can and um mm-hmm. as, like you said it's going to help for one person 
But I think what makes it uh, worthwhile, in my opinion anyway, is all those time and effort you put into learning and banging your head against the screen and trying to research or do all this stuff. And then you see the light bulb moment for an athlete and you're like, oh man, like the shit you get Mm -hmm. back from that just absolutely lights you up. Like I'm wired. Mm -hmm. I can't sleep after I see that stuff. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got to go back to work. So no, I like, she's worked for the past 14 hours. Calm down. Mm -hmm. It's uh, yeah. It's motivating. But that's what also makes it, that's when you know that it's worth it for that person too. Mm-hmm. You know, cause sometimes they don't like, yeah, we know as being in the sport, like you're going to have shitty days. You're going to be banging your head against the wall. Sometimes like things don't go the way you want. And when people start training for strength sports or any, you know, whatever it might be, I think a lot of times people experience a lot of frustration before they see success. But when they have that success they have that light bulb moment that's when you're like okay like they're gonna stay involved whether it's in this sport or another sport like they know these moments exist Mm. so like this has all been worth it and it will continue to be worth it because they'll stay involved in something and that's the most you know important part to me is that like I truly believe that everyone should be active somehow it doesn't matter how but everyone should be active like it from a health standpoint, from a mental standpoint, from anything, like just doing something is so important, but most people don't do anything. Well, I think, um, physically, I think, uh, having a blessing in disguise is, is, has been the last year. Like we have right. ignored all those physical signs and symptoms of, Oh, you, you, you live a sedentary life. Okay, cool. Your body's breaking down, but like, ah, fuck it. It's going to be in like 30 years. I'm like, right. but you're only going to live to 50. Yeah, but I'm 20. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. But in the past year, like people's people's mental health has just gone through the shitter. Yeah. And it's like, right. oh, okay. Like physical health could kill you in 30 years, but mental health can kill you in 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like we now no longer look at it as two separate entities. We've now shoved it mm-hmm. together and go, this is your health period. This is your wellness period, your fitness period. Um, and I think, well, I hope, fingers crossed that people start okay cool i need to move i need to do something you know right people rely on pharmaceutical or like recreational drugs or whatever to feel that high we'll call it you know quote unquote but i'm like yeah you get that from endorphins motherfucker go work out right go walk around yep and it's it's so cyclical when you feel better physically you feel better mentally yep they're just interconnected. It is what it is. <laughs> but unfortunately, I think a lot of people never really understand that or get to experience that. So, and then when you tell people that, unfortunately, it sounds like you're kind of just saying that, right? Like you're just like, oh yeah, if you move, you're, you'll feel better. If you, you know, move, your health will change and then mentally you'll feel better. I think that's hard. And a lot of people get frustrated at the beginning and that becomes a huge roadblock for people who are starting to lift or starting a fitness journey. Maybe they're walking or starting, you know, like a fitness class, like a group fitness class or something. And they get stuck because they never truly get to experience like the full effect, right? Like of getting healthier, phys- feeling better physically, getting healthier and their mental health benefiting from that as well. And then that only continues to improve. Mm. You know, it's definitely something that um, steamrolls as it picks up. Mm. I think it's hard because it's the, it's the only no, thing that right. um, you can't do for someone or someone can't do for right. you, whichever way you want to look at it. And like, you know, there's right. ways you can always cut corners, right? If you take a test, you can kind of cheat or you can ask for the answers from your mate or whatever, you know, there's, there's always ways around mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Health and fitness is the one thing you can't get around it. Like there is no pill, mm-hmm. no, nothing, no coach that can do it for you. You're like, you have to take the steps. You have to do the hard miles and people don't mm-hmm. like doing that. And, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I, I always believe if you really don't want to do something, it's probably the thing you need to do. Definitely. Which is why it is helpful to have a coach. <laughs> Shameless Because they will make you do it. <laughs> no, but like that is true. Like I have a coach, you know, and I think I always will because I know I love doing stuff, you know, like on my own. And I love 
just playing around in the gym. Like I find the gym to be a playground, which I know is not again, the common (laughs) feel for a lot of people. But I think people that are interested in, in strength and fitness, like that is a feel that people have. They love the gym as a playground as like, I feel like that's, I can be creative in the gym. Like that's my outsource outlet for creativity. However, there are certain things that I don't want to do. There, of course there's things I don't want to do. Usually they're the things I'm not the best at. (laughs) and so having someone that's going to make me do that call me out on my own shit like yeah I want that because I do want to get better so although I would love to say that I'm going to make myself do that all the time that's not true you can't be objective with yourself all the time so I do think it is helpful from any like whatever you're interested in to have some sort of coach that's true for anything in your life you know that you're maybe struggling with or want to get better at it's always helpful to have someone that is a coach and can be objective in that area yeah even coaches need coaches mate like there are things that you know especially if you are a coach because like i know how badly that hurts and i don't want to do it (laughs) or i don't want to do it again you know what i mean i'm like i've already done that shit and i don't want to do it again because that hurt Mm -hmm. me so bad i had nightmares last time yet if it's programmed Mm -hmm. for you you're like okay yeah cool i'm not gonna let this human being down like i will i will do it or right. if you have a buddy there with you, like, um, like pretty recently, I had a, a good mate of mine come to me and was like, Alex, um, I've heard you've done some weird and wacky, like, um, physical charity events in the past. I've got this idea. Do you want to do it with me? And I was like, uh, what's your idea? And he, yeah, no, go away. Like, <laughs> let me, let me drink my coffee in peace. We're not that. Like, this is know, not going down a good road. <laughs> we're, we're not that good friends. Like, go away. Um, no. Nah, um, and he goes, okay, but the idea is this. I was like, that's a really dumb idea. No, I don't want to do it. That's ridiculous. But uh, when are we doing it? Simply because of the fact of he wants to do this. And I know he'll end up doing it because he's psychotic like I am. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. He's not going to quit. So I can't quit. And it's the same thing with a coach, right? I know this person isn't going to turn their back on me. So if they take the Mm -hmm. time to program something, okay, cool. I'll get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's on your own, you're like, oh, I jotted down on this like sticky note that like, mm-hmm. I should probably do like, you know, front squat mm-hmm. tens and that really hurts. So Sounds I'm just nice. gonna stop at fives. Yeah. Or doubles. I'm I'm in a rush today. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I also think, and you know, I think this is why there are so many coaches that have different, let's say different beliefs in terms of how you should program or the perfect program for people or how you should train. I think that they all work is because different people work best coaching different people in their personality types. Right. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Like different coaches are going to fit best with different athletes and yeah. depending on their personalities and their mindset and what their beliefs are outside of programming, never mind programming just in general, because in the end, the other thing that I've benefited the most, I've realized since I, first hired a coach, which was actually not for, not for powerlifting or weightlifting. It was when I was running is that they saw something I didn't see. And like, they knew I could do something before I knew I could do something. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like instilled belief in me before I had it in myself. And like, you're saying that light bulb moment that goes off when you, for people, when you're teaching them something and all of a sudden they get it and it clicks and you know, they get it. That happens too, more on like the coach athlete relationship too, in terms of believing that the athlete can do something a lot of times before they even know. And that in their mind, that seems crazy. That seems too hard. That seems like too lofty, but as a coach, you're like, nah, that's going to happen. And it's probably going to happen sooner than they think. Mm -hmm. And once they start to see that you think that, and that you truly believe that they start to believe it. And they start to think, well, I trust this person. They, they know me, they know what they're doing. Like, maybe I can do this. And I feel like that point right there, that's when people start to get like really amped up about it. Right. And like really strive for things that they didn't necessarily think they could before. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's the coolest part. Right. Just like (laughs) no fucking way. Like, did I just do that? Or they finally get the vibe above their head or they finally deadlift. Like the, the biggest, I think the biggest ones for me, to be honest, is, um, is coaching ladies who have never touched anything to do with a weight before never yeah. they're just like nah mm-hmm. i just get like my husband to do it i'm like why mm-hmm. they're like oh because mm-hmm. it's too heavy i'm like have you ever picked it up I'm like no i was like why 
you know? And so we right. obviously talk about that or whatever, but they deadlift yeah. a, just an empty bar off like mm-hmm. plates. So it's propped up. It's not from the floor. I'm not just like pick that barbell up. Like we just go through it. You instill the confidence, move well, right. go through the little weights of the dumbbells, you know, blah, 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 blah. But you actually get to the barbell and they pick it up and they literally just look at you like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so strong. I'm like, well, you've not gained any strength. I've just kind right. of tricked you that you can already do it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, you kind of have to bullshit your athletes, which is a hundred percent. It is. But the thing is like what motivates me and what motivates you might not be the same. Right. Mm. So, I mean, this is obviously more like sports psychology than mm. actual programming science or anything like that. But and that's also why some people are, some athletes or some clients are going to see such great success with one coach. And then you might be like, oh, that coach is phenomenal. And you go over there and you're like, I don't get it. Like that's, it's just probably not the perfect fit from a, from a, like a motivational and like sports psych concept, which like, that's pretty cool too. Um, but it's just like, it's so interesting from that standpoint, like um, as well as like a programming standpoint and what how athletes find success and how clients find success. And I always tell people, even if they start working with me, I'm really I've twice now said, I'm like, yeah, people are like, Oh, I want to try it. I'm like, Oh, don't get coaching first. Go find a free program. <laughs> but like, but on this, in the same regards, like, Hey, yeah, like let's go, but always understand like just because someone a coach is a perfect fit for someone doesn't mean they might be a perfect fit for you in other words like if you are going to get into something and you're totally interested in it and you think you like it but you're not having a great experience um with the coach or the gym you're at don't give up on it you know try to find the right fit first because that can make so much of a difference yeah 100 110 percent like there's coaches for athletes and athletes for coaches right and then then there's Mm -hmm. individual programs for people and there's individual spots and places like look you know you might enjoy this 50 percent, but you might enjoy something else 60 percent, and you might enjoy something else 20 percent or whatever and it's like just finding like whatever fits you the most and i think i think people especially coaches or um gyms look at it too much of a business standpoint and just like i'm just trying to get as many numbers through my door as possible so i can like yeah. buy a new fucking mercedes or some shit and you're just like well mm-hmm. like first of all this person kind of enjoys it like do you care right. about this individual oh yeah i care about this individual okay cool well then you would refer them to the gym down the street because you know they can provide right. more things for them mm-hmm. and then you might have made a friend mm-hmm you know, the greatest thing that you can do as a coach is know what you're good at and know what you're not good at. Yeah. <laughs> the hardest thing, but the greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll always say, I'm like, Hey, if I don't know, I'll tell you, I don't know. Like I will stay up all night cause it will annoy me and I want to understand why. But if someone else is, if it's someone else is like, um, sort of craft or forte, Hey, go to them. Like, I'm not going to walk into a bloody, um, operation theater and be like, uh, excuse me. I read this somewhere that uh, you shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, that's not my fucking craft. That's not my job. Like, right. you know, so right. uh, I, I do, I do think, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. I, you know, we should all try and be jack of all trades, master of them all, but you'll never get there. Mm-mm. Be okay no. with referring. So, mm-hmm. And in the end, that makes you so much better at what you do. Oh yeah. People believe the words that you come know. out of your mouth. Right. Like, right. even if you, there's many times where ladies are like, okay, I want to get into strength training, but I only want to be coached by a lady. You're like, I respect that. But what am I going to do? Am I going to kick off and be like, no, like I can give you everything they can. It was like, yeah, but like they want to, they prefer and are comfortable with being coached by a lady and vice versa. And I'm just like, look, mm-hmm. I can't just like miraculously be, be a lady for this 60 to 90 minutes and then go back to being a gen. But that's not going to happen. I mean, it would be a miracle if I, if I could, I'd see the world in a different mm-hmm. light. Probably it, you mm-hmm. know, if everyone could be a lady, we wouldn't have any world wars, you know? Um, true. <laughs> I mean, it's probably true. Let's be honest. Um, but at the same time, you're like, okay, cool. Respect this individual's uh, wishes, you know, wish them their best on their endeavors and then they're probably going to come back to you. The amount of times you'll probably have this, the amount of times I've referred people on 
and then they'd mm. come back to me with something different and wanted to work mm. with me with something different or come with my advice mm. with something completely different simply because I had mm-hmm. I had the balls to say hey like mm-hmm. I can help you but I think someone can help you more and then it's down mm-hmm. to you like you can stay with me if you right. want but I think they can help you more well it's because with already even coaching them they already like you've built that trust yeah right like with so, your honesty you've built that trust and everything I feel like in fitness is like you're selling an idea because it it hasn't happened yet like you're not you're not able to give anyone anything physical you're not able to promise anything to anybody right like you can't be like oh you want to get strong like I promise I will put a hundred kilos on your squat this year like you can't do that if I could do that that'd be great but I can't do that right so like without like I truly feel like without my like building trust like there's nothing you know like without the trust that's there between coach and athlete like there is nothing else because you're leading them on a journey that there's a end goal but there's no promise you're gonna get there because it takes the athlete's end and their their you know kind of determination and their commitment to it and their hard work and their effort and then it also takes a good coach in their programming and their belief and their encouragement. And like both of those things have to come together to get to that end goal. So it's not a guarantee it's going to happen, but if it does, it's an amazing thing. But in order to get there, there has to be this huge amount of trust. And like you're saying, like referring people on and being honest with people from the get go of what you can, you cannot do is something that sounds so simple, but I think for many is hard because like, you don't want to seem like, Oh, like, I don't, I don't know anything about that, which isn't true. Like we know a little bit about everything, like you're saying, but I don't know everything about that, but I know this guy down the street that really does like, that's his thing. He's so into that. So, you know, good guy. I would recommend going and chatting with him. Mm. Right. So like, yeah, if they go down there and they decide maybe that's not their thing and what you're doing, they're more interested in, they're already going to trust you and they're already going to believe in your process for that. Yeah, and it's it's like mutual trust too, right? They come in and give you the the trust in you to with they get one mm-hmm. body and they get they get mm-hmm. one health, and they're giving you both of those and be like, hey, here you go, mm-hmm. here's me, and I'm gonna do whatever you say. And like, there, that's a fucking mm-hmm. lot of trust they put into you. So mm-hmm. you you better end up matching it. You know what I mean? And if if you can, I don't know, yeah, you know, back yourself. Yeah, I can help you 100. percent And right. I know I'll work harder than you know most people or everyone and right. back yourself but if it's like okay cool you're more suited to, to jennifer down the street then mm-hmm. go refer to jennifer down the street hey mate like i've got this lady or this gent that you know would probably want to speak to you is that all right mm-hmm. easy and in the same regard like uh and doing that is also being comfortable and being okay with telling people when it's not working, you know, like for one reason or another, whether it's on their end or on your end, like, Hey, I don't think this is the greatest fit for either of us right now, because you're not getting out of your time and your efforts and your money, what you should be. And for one reason or another, and perhaps this would work better, but let's just take a step back and figure it out. Because like, like you're saying, like, I want to be able to help people and I want to be able to help people progress in whatever that means for them. And if that's not happening, why? Right. And that can be hard because you don't, you know, you don't want to necessarily have those conversations with people, but those are the most important conversations many, many times that lead to such greater progress. Hmm. Some of those conversations that I've had with people have by far been the hardest conversations, but I have like say a handful of people in my mind that I have had those conversations with. And all of those people have had such great success after. You end up, um, uh, you end up addressing such a deeper, I don't want to say problem. We'll say like, yeah. a, we'll say issue. You address something mm-hmm. that's been there from the get go that they've just ignored. That's ended up hindering them slightly. And it's kind of come to the forefront and stopped them from doing something. And by you taking the time and having you know the confidence of being, okay, we're going to have the difficult conversation um, and whatever's going on, whatever demon you need to shake hands with, 
I'm going to be with you and we can shake hands together. And then if you choose, we can, we can, we can stay together. If not, I'm always going to be there to support you, but I think you should, you should go elsewhere sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. everything starts, everything good starts with a hard conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And sometimes it can be as simple as reevaluating the goal. Like maybe what they thought they wanted, they don't really want. Right. Or maybe they do. And they just, they need to take a step back and figure out like, like you're saying, like, what is holding you back? What are some of those demons that are holding you back from really getting it done? And I think uh, fall in love with the process. Like people, they always see things in like uh, flashing lights, right? They're like, Oh, I want to be powerlifter, weightlifter or whatever. I want to squat 200 kilos or snatch like fucking whatever. (laughs) Doesn't everyone, (laughs) but, um, you're just like, oh, I want this. I'm like, okay, cool. Do you want that? Or do you want the training that's going to go mm-hmm. into it? Because they're totally right. different things. And it's like, oh, right. no, I just want that. And I'm like, all right, um, you probably need to like realize you're not going to get there. It's like, oh, right. what do you mean? Do you not believe me? Like, no, I fucking believe in you, mate. But like at the same time, mm-hmm. you'll do 60% of the work, complain that it's too hard and quit. And I'm like, if you mm-hmm. fall in love with a constant grind of the 1%, 0.1%, learning mm-hmm. the skill, doing this, doing that, you know, the mobility, all the all that other stuff, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you'll get to that goal and you will feel such a level of pride afterwards because you're like, motherfucker, mm-hmm. I dedicated X amount of time to, to be able to do that and then executed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And it's like the why, right? Like, I think that, I mean, I... Um, before I got into strength sports, I did a lot of different things, but one of them, like I was a personal trainer, right. And a lot of personal training is like, find the why, right. Like of the people always thought that was kind of corny and oversold. However, (laughs) what you're saying is when you're coming in, you're saying, I want to squat 200 kilos. Like why? That's such a random arbitrary number, you know, like why 200 kilos? Like, what does that even mean to you? If you can't even squat 60 yet, right? Like you don't even know what 60 feels like why is 200 a random number that you have in your head? And it's like reevaluating, like, what is the actual goal? And I think that, again, I know that I've brought up social media a couple of times, but like in a day and age where you go online and you see people that are doing these insane things, but what you're not seeing is the process behind it to get mm-hmm. there and the work that it takes behind it to get there. And that process and that work isn't for everybody. It's for some people. Absolutely. But it's not for everybody. And if it's not for you, that's cool. But then like, like you're saying like that 200 kilo squat, like as a random arbitrary number that isn't, isn't going to happen because if you don't love the process, you're going to (laughs) quit. And if you look at it, it's not the goal. No, (laughs) Like starting, starting everything and then quitting everything. Like you don't want to be that, that guy or gal. But if you look at it in as a as like a deeper picture, like we're all trying to add one kilo to the lift. We're all trying to move it that little bit better. Like if you go, oh, but I want to be like Meg, like you fucking squatting the same thing. I'm like, it's all subjective, man. Like weights, it's funny because strength sports is an objective sport. It's the weight on the bar. If you lift it, you don't. But at the same time, it's a subjective sport because we're all trying to push our own boundaries. So I can't, for example, rock into a strongman competition and be like, all right, we're going to do a log press. Um, the world record is 217 kilos. And I'll be like, all right, I want to bake the world record, put 218 on it. And say, for example, my log press is, I don't know, I'm going to pick a number out. I've never done it. 80 kilos. Ah, oh, stick yes. 218 on it. You're like, well, that's not going to go well, is it? Let's be honest. It's all subjective. And then once those things get higher, then yeah, granted, you can play the field like like the whole weightlifting cards, which is a really fun part of the sport. That is, yes. I love the mind game. I agree. There is way more gamesmanship, if you will, to weightlifting than powerlifting, but just because of the selection and things like that. And that's something that, that is super cool about weightlifting. And it's, I think the, the best, the best one I watched was maybe, uh, it was the 80, it was still when they had the 85 category of the world championships with Mendez and, uh, fuck, he's an Iranian fellow. I can't remember his name. 
Um, basically, they were going back and forth. Uh, the Iranian fell, missed his last uh, clean and jerk, so he wasn't going to get a total. And Mendez absolutely leaps for joy and says, put like the world record on the bar. So then right. he jumps up like 25 kilos and, it, and then it becomes entertainment, right? And he wasn't mm-hmm. leaping for joy because his opponent missed. He was leaping for joy. I'm like, oh, now I get to an attempt a world record on a world stage. And it's that's the mm-hmm. whole game, you know? You, you're bumping mm-hmm. up each kilo, so he's a bit tired, so he's going to have to take something under fatigue because, you know, mm-hmm. like we know in strength sports, we like to rest a day and a half between lifts. Like, that's one thing I don't, I don't, I'm not in on. Well, <laughs> See, this it is depends. What I mean, this is why I feel like I would have been a better CrossFitter. <laughs> Crazy. It depends, right? <laughs> if it gets super heavy, I'm not touching that bar before three minutes. No way. Yeah, but see, like, that's not in, like, the powerlifting world. Three minutes is not long. Yeah, I know. My, my fucking brother's a powerlifter, and he's like, that's dude, like you should have rested. Rest. You should have rested 10 minutes. I was like, 10 minutes? My knees yeah. would have locked up. I would have yeah, been cold. I know. I was like, I need a warm-up after yeah, 10 minutes, dude. I don't dude. like that either, yeah. That's... That's silly. That's crazy. I know. But a in a meet, you got to wait 10 minutes. Yeah, it's true. I know. Literally. Which is funny because weightlifting obviously is much quicker, typically speaking. But if you do get caught in one of those jumps where there's like 10 people in front of you, you almost have to go like rewarm up before you go back. Mm. That was a learning curve for me. Uh, like, <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? Like, uh, it, was, it only happened to me once, but I took my first attempt. And then for whatever reason, there was like, 12 attempts between my first and my second attempt uh, for, I think it was snatch. I can't even remember clean and drag, but I literally had to like go rewarm up, like do a couple more reps. So you don't get cold. Mm. You would never do that in a powerlifting meet. Fuck no. Like people would look at you like, what? What are you doing? But the sa- at the same time, like you're it's totally different. Yeah. You're, I mean, if yeah. you do that with a back squat, like you're seeing stars. Forget it. Right. It's like, no, nah, yes. it's just not there today. Like, there's no point putting it on the bar. Or right. even more with a deadlift. Right. That fucker's not moving. Like, that's not coming off no. the floor, mate. Um, yeah, with, it's not. with weightlifting, it's a little bit it's a little bit different. Um, I feel like I can go pretty quick with a snatch. But if I have to grind out the bottom of a clean, fuck me. I, if they're like, all right, you got to mm. go again in, you know, a minute and a half, I might, dude, I'm not picking up bar up. Yeah. You know, it's not See, that's up. the only thing good or bad because my jerk sucks so bad i don't have to grind out a clean <laughs> since i came into the sport being able to squat such a tremendous amount of weight i've never experienced grinding out of a clean because my technique is not good enough <laughs> however uh, if you miss a clean and jerk on a jerk it's annoying because you've done the hard part you picked it up from the floor right exactly well that's my life story uh, Talk about a life lesson right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Never miss a jerk. No, uh, it's annoying. Maybe just uh you split jerk. Yeah. Maybe go squat jerk. Why not? I don't know. It's a good point. I squatting is my strength, so might as well, right? Yeah, or power jerking. Like, um, because you're mm-hmm. clearly a powerful athlete, like. I don't know. Throwing it out there. Why not? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Just keep throwing it above your head. Something's gonna work out. Um, <laughs> what about training through pregnancy, mate? Like that's that's rough. Like with one kid, never mind with, with two of those fuckers in there. I know. Um, well, yeah, I was tremendously I was huge. I was tremendous at the end of my pregnancy. So I was my body was large. I was moving a lot of weight on my body. Um, it was interesting. It was again, kind of like a super humbling process and I've never really trained without something very specific in mind, you know, growing up playing sports and then getting into different things after that. And lifting is obviously you're typically training for some type of meet or some type of end goal. And I was literally just training to, yeah, stay strong and stay healthy and all that jazz if you will, throughout my pregnancy, but without like a specific goal. 
And that was really interesting. And I think it was good in a way, like it was mentally refreshing for a little while to like take a step back and not necessarily be like grinding towards the next meet or trying to push weight on the bar. Um, and a lesson in listening to my body. I mean, if there's any Which time to, you need to do it. Most athletes aren't great at. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, is it, I mean, it's a joke, right? To, to know if it's a proper athlete, you yeah. go in their gym bag and they've got painkillers on there. And mm -hmm. you're like, why have you got like a pharmaceutical, like ph pharmacy worth mm -hmm. industrial size painkillers in your fucking gym bag? Oh, it's just my knees. Mm -hmm. What about yeah. them? You're always... You're always flirting with a line, right? Like when you're training for anything, you're flirting with a line of like, am I actually injured? Or am I just a little hurt? Like flirting with that line of like, is this going to go away in a week or two? Or is this going to take me out for a longer period of time? Yeah. Typically you flirt with a line and you pick the wrong decision at some point and you end up with an injury, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's part of the game in some ways and not a good one. And not, I'm saying that you should train injured or anything like that. I think a lot of people don't, aren't trying to do that. It just happens because you love what you're doing. And unfortunately you teeter that line and eventually you pick the wrong choice <laughs> Yeah, and you end up with some type of injury. <laughs> Something I think people don't do is doing what they can while they're injured. So yes. say for example, they bust their elbow and they're like, Oh, I can't train. You're like, you right. can, you just can't do, what you want to do or yeah. what you sh you right. have on your program you should be doing you know just all right. do something it goes back to just right having fun right doing whatever yes yeah and loving it for what it is i mean that's part of going back to training during pregnancy you know a lot of people would say like oh wow like it's so impressive like what you're doing during your pregnancy or it's so cool that you're training during your pregnancy um but it kind of goes back to doing what i can right so like there are so many things you can do and that's going to be different person to person when they're pregnant but i mean i was lucky enough to be able to do most things throughout my whole entire pregnancy despite of how large my body got i was able to modify some things right but i could still do so much and for me like that's a huge win like i love the process so I didn't necessarily think of it as being something that was like this huge impressive or like big deal. It was just like, I felt lucky to be able to do all of X, Y, and Z while I was pregnant. Sure. Um, Cause it was a part of the process to me. And yes, it was a part of the process that looks entirely different than training, but still just a part of the overall process. Yeah, there's always another day, right? And um, I'm sure, like, if you spoke to anyone that speaks to me every day, they will they will tell you this. Like, everyone always says, you know, how's your day or fucking what? How's training going? I'm just say, just um, building Rome. I just place another brick. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean? It's like, well, we've got in our heads this this end picture, right? Which is so large. But if you think about it, all we start off with is a piece of piece of dirt. So all we mm -hmm. got to do is place a brick every day. That's all it is, and it's. I think mm -hmm. that is the fun part. Mm -hmm. you know, some people, yeah. some people are uh, comp competitive athletes. Some people are, are training athletes. Yeah. Whatever, you know, right. some people enjoy the training more than the, the competing other people, you know, vice versa. But I think if you're going to do anything for a sustainable amount of time, you have to end up fucking right. enjoying what you're doing day to day. Yeah. Right. And it's never an all or nothing, you know, like it's never an all or nothing. It's never black and white. There's, a lot of gray area. Hmm. And that's, I think, where a lot of people find their greatness in that gray area and getting out of that all or nothing mindset. Hmm. Anything, like we were saying earlier, is always better than nothing. Do something. So there are many times you're going to run into roadblocks and doing what you can is where you're going to find like your own kind of greatness during 100%. those periods of time. Just do something. Like it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be perfect. Like I read, I read a quote the other day. It was something, it went along the lines of um, doing something poorly is better than thinking about doing something perfectly. Yeah. Just do it's something. True. Just, just, it's true. just work is work. Get in the gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, you want to make your mistakes out of like acts of commission, like trying to do something rather than omission. Just like, Oh, I can't do that. I'm not good enough at that. Like, no, you want to make your mistakes when you're trying. Mm. That's when you're going to learn. If you yeah. make your mistakes by not trying, you're already, you know, you're already basically failing before you even get started. 
Mm. I mean, my favourite quote of all time is The Man in the Arena by Teddy Roosevelt. And it just shows like that's, that's what... <laughs> my husband has that tattooed on his arm. I know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's such yeah. a good quote. I, you know, you just need to get in the arena and throw punches. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if it's people are scared of failing or scared, people are scared of the hard graft or they just idealize these Instagram pictures of like, oh, this is just, you know, perfect all the time and everything goes their right. way sort of thing. I don't know. It could be a combination of all three and, and some different factors going on in individuals. But um, I don't know why people just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mixture of everything, right? I'm like, you see all the, all the end results usually. And the end results typically that are shown aren't necessarily the ones that are huge failures. Sometimes you get to see, see like a failure as a result because that's going to happen, you know, especially as time goes on. But typically you don't see that. So I think people sometimes get, like you're saying, like they don't want to be that person that tries and fails. But yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's a weird concept because okay. you can't stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't fucking right. stop it. Right. Like, Even if you do it and you fail, you're going to be better for having yeah. done that and for having failed and for having gone through that process than if you didn't. Mm. And that's a hard, hard thing to accept because you have to accept that before you even start. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, the whole saying shoot for the moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up taking more steps forward than you do back. Um, I guess I'm blessed in a way because I know no different. Like everything I've tried in the past, I've ended up fucking up somewhere, like just fail mm-hmm. after fail, you know what I mean? But I think it's mm-hmm. when people have, you know, the whole natural talent, like they can just pick things up dead dead simple as, as a kid and haven't really mm-hmm. been given something where it's like, oh no, like I'm bad at this and need to really grind for it. Um, which is again, a reason why strength spots so kill, the barbell is so kill. Like, yeah, you could be naturally gifted being strong you could just naturally pick mm-hmm. up like um i don't know like a barbell and just like deadlift 200 kilos first time you come into the gym wicked but there's always 201 you know right yeah yeah and if you haven't learned like like you're saying like if you're if you're naturally talented and you have an inclination towards something even if it was strength if you haven't learned how to fail and how to work through that failure you won't end up getting to that 201 110 yeah so i don't know all right mate my my battery is gonna die and i know you've got two little ones that need uh whipping into shape so thank you very much for your time yeah thanks for having me no i really appreciate (laughs) it um if people wanted to uh people wanted to find you mate where would you end up sending them um you know on the social media circuit no uh on uh instagram jump into the void (laughs) that is social media and try and find you somehow come find me at the instagram handle meg scan lift meg scan lift there you go boom Mm. appreciate it mate thank you very much thank you you have a spot on day thank you too take it easy